0: My corporate life began in 1984 at the age of 16. Standing at the corner of Burke and Elizabeth in downtown Melbourne, I tilted back to take in all 41 floors of the Commonwealth Bank headquarters and reminded myself that this was what I wanted. G'day, it's Peter, and welcome to Office Anywhere, a simple little podcast about working and living on your terms, whether that's cutting coat on the deck of a Balinese villa, crafting ad copy from a cafe in Portland, Oregon, or building websites from a home office in Melbourne, Australia. If you've had enough of the daily commute and the limitations that working in an office imposes, or you're already working remotely, but you want to explore some of the doors that it opens for you, then this is the podcast for you. To learn more about Office Anywhere, just go to officeanywhere.co. As a young man on my first solo visit to the big city, I felt a bit like a lamb thrown into a paddock full of foxes, nervous of what lay ahead. Sporting a very cheap suit and ill fitting shoes, I entered the foyer of the concrete edifice and made my way into one of the lifts. The din of the city fell away as I climbed 21 floors, arriving into what felt like the quietest office in the world. The receptionist recognized me as one of the new ones and motioned me towards the waiting area. No one spoke. Everyone looked serious, important, and a lot smarter than me. I began to sweat in my polyester shirt, and feelings of dread and overwhelm consumed me. Immediately, I knew this wasn't the place for me. However, it took almost three years for me to leave that job, a place that appealed to my mathematical brain but left the rest of me cold and starved of oxygen. My saviour came as a phone call from an art director named Joe. A creative powerhouse and spotter of talent, he'd noticed my third ever freelance article about to be published in the magazine he was redesigning. What followed was three weeks of sincere lobbying on his part to get me out of banking and into the place I belonged, the media, specifically as a photographer. I tell you I'm going to be grateful to Joe until the day I die for it was his persistence that gave me a life that many wish for but few actually get. I got paid to do what I love. For seven years I lived 1,000 adventures. I traveled the country in cars, jets, and helicopters. I drove my first Lamborghini before my 19th birthday. I received driving tuition from a Formula One champion. I stayed in presidential suites, and I met many of my heroes. Most of all, I got to photograph some of the most exciting cars of the 80s and 90s, like the first Honda NSX, uh, the Diablo, Lamborghini Diablo, the R32 Godzilla, um, Skyline GDR, the E34 M5 BMW, and the F40 Ferrari. It really was. For someone like me, it was heaven. I'm lucky that Joe believed in me, but it's taken me 30 years to realize what he really gave me. It's stared me clear in the face at every step, and it's guided me through each career change, through every successful pivot. It's this, basically. It's the courage to back myself, to admit that I'll never know everything, but that I'm ready to do this thing that terrifies me. I had the seeds of belief from a very young age, thanks mostly to my parents, but... But Joe proved that I could take it further and higher than most realized. He demonstrated through his own life that I needn't depend on one master to define my place in this world. I could effectively chart my own course, define my own status, and carve out a niche of my own fashioning. It wouldn't come without a lot of hard work, mind you, and plenty of dedication to my craft, but I could eventually make six or seven figures from home and keep a black Ferrari in a pink marble garage if that was my thing, as was his. Being around Joe shifted my thinking way outside the box that my previous employer had constructed and it proved to me for the first time the power a mentor can have on your life's trajectory. All of which brings me to you. There's more to life than a desk and a screen. You mightn't have had a champion like Joe in your corner, but you know there's got to be more to life than clocking on each day at the office, getting your salary and paying bills. I'm sure plenty of you ache for more than that. You long for more freedom. A bit more agency over your time, specifically how, where, and with whom you spend it. You want to see your kids more, to get to know your partner again, to walk in the sunshine and breathe the free air, but you feel trapped in your job. You've toyed with perhaps quitting your job and starting your own thing. You've dabbled in side hustles, maybe, or perhaps you've tried selling stuff that you don't believe in and feeling kind of dirty afterwards. I've done all three of these things. It's true that the internet makes it easier than ever to reinvent yourself, but there's a lot of noise out there. The elimination of barriers and boundaries also means that we're all tiny needles in the world's largest haystack. Standing out is harder than ever. These days, notwithstanding the occasional unicorn, making a dent in the universe demands an honest commitment to playing the long game, and for many, that's just a bridge too far. It all sounds rather daunting, I know, and disheartening until you realize that doing your own thing or creating a successful side gig needn't be your first step. There is an in-between step that can change your life much faster. Ten years ago, it was difficult to do twenty years ago, it was all but impossible today though it's done by millions, myself included it's called many things it's called agile work, telecommuting, or teleworking, um, outwork, remote working, location independence. Uh, working from home, of course, uh, or flexible work arrangements. I call it working anywhere. And I believe it's the gateway to long-term happiness and fulfillment. And it opens so many doors. I don't think that's overblown either. I've worked from anywhere for around 50, well, close to 20 years now, um, mostly at home, but hundreds of other locations too, including the remote desert town of Nakundra, for example, population four. Incidentally, Nakundra is so remote that there isn't another building near it for 300 kilometres in any direction. I flew in there by chopper to meet up with a thousand others in the original Australian Safari Desert Race from Sydney to Darwin back in, I think it was back in 89. Um, But such was the technology back then. We had a truck with a satellite dish meet us at each overnight stop just so we could transmit our images and words to media outlets around the country. Um, But getting back to this working remotely thing, this one thing, this ability to work where, when, and how I want is the most transformative work-life decision that I ever made. It alone has delivered more positive side effects in my life than anything else, short of having children. I'm more productive, I'm more creative, less stressed, and less distracted. I walk my son to school each day, I see my wife more, I save money, and I can work in a way that delivers high levels of productivity and satisfaction. I also save over 500 hours a year just by limiting, uh, just by eliminating the daily commute. That's 13 working weeks. A lot of us say we don't have time and that's probably the most, aside from busy, the word busy, um, the phrase I don't have time is probably one of the most overused phrases in Western culture. We lament a lack of time to enjoy our families, our communities and our passions, our interests and hobbies. So my question is, what could you do with an extra 13 weeks a year, or even five? What would it mean to have breakfast with your kids every morning, to start work at 6am in your smelly bedclothes if you like it, or to shower at midday, like I often like to do? What would it do for your creative spark if, instead of writing software in a cubicle, you took your laptop to a lakeside park and sat with the sun at your back? How much better could you serve your customers or sell your services if you made all your calls from a quiet home office rather than your fluoro-lit tower in the city with a dozen other people on their phones? Now, I'll concede this way of working isn't right for everyone. Indeed, it is isn't possible for everyone due to the nature of their job. But for those whose output isn't determined by their physical location, it can be a life changer. It can turn the lights back on and reignite that creative spirit. In short, it can give you a real life. Now, working from home isn't about geography. Working in an environment that suits you is about uncovering and then amplifying what you have to offer. Our highly structured work environment is a hangover from the industrial revolution where everyone, regardless of profession, is a factory worker, a cog in a machine, paid to show up and stamp out widgets and accept their status based on KPIs and earnings alone. Smart companies have proven this no longer services. The game has changed. Hiring people who pander to management's criterion of showing up on time and learning corporate speak doesn't always deliver. Often, it stifles free thinking and fosters mediocrity, creating a league of box tickers and inside-the-box thinkers. The disruptors, the rainmakers, and the risk-takers are the ones who've figured out that the best people don't work like cogs in a machine. Their thinking isn't linear. It isn't constrained by maxims like, well, girl, this is how we've always done things here. The old worker values things like job title preferably with a VP in it. They value a corner office, a leased Mercedes, and the envy of their peers. The new worker values autonomy, the freedom to think creatively, and a work environment that fits her. Most people who work remotely are also happier, more loyal, and deliver higher levels of productivity. There are challenges, yes, but the payoff for employees and employers is significant. I created Office Anywhere to help employees transition to working anywhere and to provide the strategies, tactics and the inspiration to do it successfully. Because once you have more control over how, where and when you work, the opportunities to spread your wings multiply. Now, most of us don't need convincing, but for the sceptical among us, I'm going to let the numbers do the talking. The data that I'm going to cover here, um, I might dance over some of it, but uh, it's all covered in the blog post, which I'll mention in a sec. Um, They are thanks to the valuable work of Kate Lister and Tom Harnish of Global Workplace Analytics. Uh, They're a research and consulting firm that references more than 5,000 data points to deliver meaningful intelligence on the changing nature of work. Let's talk about employee satisfaction. Two-thirds of people want to work from home and 36% would choose it over a pay rise. A poll of 1,500 tech professionals revealed that 37% would actually take a pay cut of 10% if they could work from home. Gen Y employees are more difficult to recruit, as reported by about 56% of hiring managers, and to retain, as reported by 64% of hiring managers, but they are particularly attracted to flexible work arrangements. Over 70% of employees say that the ability to telecommute to work remotely will be somewhat to extremely important in choosing the next job. Okay, let's talk about staff attrition. Losing an employee and then recruiting and training a new one costs thousands. 14% of Americans have changed jobs to shorten the commute. 46% of companies that allow telework say it has reduced attrition. 95% of employers say telework is a high impact on employee retention. 80% of employees cite the cost of commuting to work, and two-thirds of employees would take another job to make commuting easier. Another issue is uh, unscheduled absences. 78% of employees who call in sick actually aren't sick. Uh, They pull on a sickie. They do it because of family issues, because of personal needs, or because of stress. Unscheduled absences cost employers about $1,800 per employee per year. Organisations that implement telework or remote work have a 63% reduction in unscheduled absences. And remote workers typically continue to work when they're sick and without infecting others, which is brilliant. And remote workers return to work more quickly following surgery or medical issues. Flexible hours allow teleworkers to run errands or to schedule appointments without losing a full day. Uh, now we get on to the big one, productivity. Remote workers are 35 to 40% more productive according to Best Buy, British Telecom, Dow Chemical and many other companies. Over 65% of employers report increased productivity amongst their remote workers, J.D. Edwards teleworkers are 20-25% to more productive than their office-bound counterparts, and American Express workers produce uh, 43% more than their office-based counterparts. Remote workforces people tend to be more independent and self-directed. Employees must be measured by what they do, not where or how they do it. Uh, This is something I've been banging on about for a while, that um, the old metric of measuring attendance uh, and ass-kissing just doesn't cut it anymore. Um, All that matters ultimately is outcomes, the results, and how, where, or when you work to achieve those outcomes should be completely irrelevant. Now, let's look at uh, cost savings. Nearly 60% of employers identify cost savings as a significant benefit to telecommuting. Alpine Access remote agents closed 30% more sales than traditional agents the year before. Customer complaints decreased by 90% and turnover increased by 88%. IBM slashed real estate costs by fifty million. Nortel estimates that they save hundred thousand dollars per employee that they don't have to relocate, and average real estate savings with full time telework is about ten thousand dollars per employee per year. There's a bunch of other stats here, but you can read them on the uh, on the blog post, which incidentally you'll find at officeanywhere.co/slash sixty five. Let's talk about meetings. Web based meetings are better planned. And they're more apt to stay on message rather than have a bunch of people in a room rambling and going off course. And once telework technologies are in place in a business, employees and contractors can work together without the logistical issues. And that substantially increases collaboration options. So they don't all have to be in the one spot at the one time. Um, So their opportunities to actually get together and um, have a meeting remotely is increased dramatically. Now, of course, Traffic and commuting is another huge saving when it comes to remote work. And if traffic continues to grow at the current pace over the next couple of decades, commutes going to take almost twice as long and you'll have to leave even earlier to allow for traffic jams. Every 1% reduction in vehicles yields a threefold decrease in congestion. Half-time telework, for the portion of the population that holds telework-compatible jobs and wants to work from home, would save thousands of lives and billions a year in direct and indirect costs associated with car accidents. Okay, so that's that's enough of the stats. I know that's a lot to consume, and I'm sure you've forgotten 97.5% of it, but like I said, you can read it in the post that goes along with this at officeanywhere.co slash 65. So the question is, where to from here? Well, over the course of your life, you'll spend around 35% of your waking hours at work, not including commuting. And if you're like 85% of workers, you don't have a passion for your job. That's a hell of a long time to be unsatisfied. Why is this model acceptable? What will you receive at the end of it all, if you survive till that end? What makes you work in a way that doesn't serve your life? How valid are these reasons? Why are you actually here? Fundamentally, these questions are quite simple. But the answers are difficult to discuss, let alone reconcile. But I think you need to ask them. Your greatest joys in life come from how you spend your days, not how you spend your money. From what you do, not from what you get. I believe that when it comes to work, the options are very simple. One, do the work you love and get paid for it. And or, do the work you need to do to pay the bills, but do it in a way that fits your life. And or... Do the work you need to do to pay the bills, but do something else on the side to balance it out. Ideally, you'd do the work you love to do and you'd get paid for it, and you'd do it where, when, and how you want. That's the ultimate. In fact, you'd not really be working at all, but getting paid to pursue your passion. Many of us can reach this point by employing options two and three. Option two, again, is to do the work you need to, do to, need to do to pay the bills, but do it in a way that fits your life. And option three is doing the work you need to do to pay the bills, but then doing something on the side that you enjoy to balance it out. So I reckon many of us can reach um, this point by tackling number two or three. Option two frees up wasted time so you can enjoy your life more and uh, it, it allows you to get more creative and effective in your current role. It also delivers the freedom that you need to explore option three, which is doing something else that you enjoy on the side. In time, option three can lead to your version of Nirvana, getting paid to do what you love in a way that brings joy and fulfillment to your life. And that's ultimately what we all want. So anyway, that's food for thought for you. Um, I know it was a bit of a long one, this one, but uh, this is the first episode of um, of the podcast after it took a break from uh, late last year. So I'm glad to be back. Uh, We've got some interesting topics to to, uh, discuss. And what I'm going to be doing is recording podcast episodes based on the earliest blog posts on the Office Anywhere website and then work my way back through to um, the most current. In the beginning, I'll add an episode once a week, uh, alternating between one of the earliest blog posts and the most recent blog post. And then they'll kind of meet in the middle until each fortnight, then there'll be an episode of the podcast that corresponds with the fortnightly blog post. Anyway, that's it for this episode. So thanks for hanging out with me again on the Office Anywhere podcast. For all the latest ideas, strategies, and a bit of inspiration on working remotely and living a more deliberate, intentional life, just go to officeanywhere.co, scroll down, and you'll find the latest blog posts down there near the bottom. Also, if you don't have a copy, make sure you grab your free cubicle escape plan. It's packed with ideas to help you to pitch your boss on working remotely. So thanks for listening, have a great week, and uh, here's to living and working on your terms. I'll catch you later. Bye.